The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you from Salem, New Hampshire, and we have a special guest today here with us all the way from Savannah, Georgia. But first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. Good job. You what always, is the quirky tip? You always turn him upside down. I don't know if he likes that. Maybe we should keep him upright when you squeak him. All right. The quirky tip is if you are not familiar with anything having to do with cloning your dogs at this point in your lives, it is becoming a hotter and hotter topic each year. And I want you to click on the URL below. And we have Melaine Rodriguez joining us again from the South. And we're going to talk about this topic today. She's a representative of Viagen Pets. And this is a really cool thing. We want to clone our dogs. We're all about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I don't know if I'm, you know, I was looking at my dog this morning and I was thinking, God, he's a, he's a great dog, but he is also the culmination of all his experiences up to this point, aside from the genetics. Yeah. Well, maybe so, by the end of the episode, we'll get him convinced. We're going to send in the deposit. So, Melaine, well, welcome. He, he, I think the second time around, I could not make all the same mistakes I made with the first, <laughs> the first time I raised him. I mean... Like with my kids, I can yeah, just re-clone them. We're not cloning them at all. We're, we can clone the dogs before them. But thank you so much for joining us, and we're excited to talk about this topic here today. So, yeah, here. yeah tell us a little bit about your experience just with Viagen Pets and um, how you're involved with the company and everything else. So I'll tell you, I've been with Viagen Pets for about 13 years now. Wow. Um, we've been in business for almost 20 years. Uh, we started out cloning livestock. So we have cloned thousands of cows and pigs and horses, and we moved into the pet cloning space about six years ago. So now we're not cloning livestock anymore. There's been such a demand with pet cloning that we're strictly now just cloning dogs and cats and horses. That's amazing. So when I, you were doing, I go ahead. Say I did hear uh, uh, Barbara Streisand. I remember when she got her dog cloned, and that was through your organization, right? Through your company? That's right. Yes. Our, our clients are typically confidential, but she, <laughs> she did go public, and yeah. she, she allowed us to, to say that, yes, we did clone her dog. Yeah. And, I, and then I was watching a video where, how did, did that um, embryo split with her? Because so, there were two so dogs that came from that cloning. The- we just clone the dog one time, um, but we do put multiple embryos into the surrogate dog. Oh, it's I gotcha. much like in vitro fertilization. Right, so right. we put in multiple embryos um, to increase the chance that at least one of them is going to stick. And in her case, she had more than one puppy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Exciting, huh? I want to talk about the livestock real quick because I know we're going to get away from that. So Scott and I were discussing this. Is it mostly like if it was a really strong like cattle when it went like, how was like, that cloning? Like a, hap- a breeding yeah. bull, for example. That's why they were cloning them mostly? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So it's mainly for reproductive purposes okay. and, and for, for financial reasons. If you've got a top stud bull whose semen is very valuable, then right. you can clone that bull over and over again and increase the amount of semen because that genetic um, potential of that semen is going to be the same as the original. Yeah. So sure. they're passing on the same genetics. That's so interesting. So you guys are only doing pets now, though. That's right. Pets and horses. So I okay. had the same. I You know, I was thinking about that with the bulls also, but which brought me to there are some German shepherds now that are worth over $100,000. And uh, quite often they're purchased and taken out of the country, you know, going to Japan and some other places. So uh, about 10 years ago, they started with the swab, the DNA swab in dogs for breeding. So you're saying that 
these identical the swab would be the same DNA from both the clone and the original. Is that the case? Exactly. So That's that, exactly that, right. You can that kind of there's a weird issue about um with AKC and stuff too, where it's not the same dog, but it is the same dog, you know? That's right. And at this point, the AKC does not register cloned dogs, and mainly because they just don't know how to handle it. You don't have yeah. to tell them. <laughs> it's just the dog that lived for 80 years. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your typical client, because this is obviously not the average person's process, but it's growing more and more and more. Clearly, if you guys have left the space of livestock into pets, it's becoming more and more of a thing. Yeah, and really the pet industry in whole is is just huge now, especially over this past year with the pandemic. I think um, our business has grown even more. And I think it's because people are home with their pets and they're realizing how their pets are part of the family. And it's so unfortunate that their lives are so short compared <clears throat> to ours. So I think that's why a lot of our clients are wanting to move forward with this because they have that opportunity to extend that bond that they have with a special pet. So it doesn't have to only last for 12 years uh, for the lifespan of that dog, but they can reproduce that dog through cloning and have another lifespan of a version of that dog. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and you, you know say- what I was thinking would be ex- uh, interesting is I saw the one video of the lab that saved the wife when she was pregnant uh, from the snake bite, and then right. they wanted to clone that dog. It got cancer, that dog. So... It would be interesting to see if it was raised with a different diet, the clone, if it didn't maybe get cancer at nine or 10 years old, you know, because they're identical, which means it would also be predisposed to getting the cancer just like the first one, you know? That's right. And that's a a big question that we get very often is, you know, my dog had this illness, is the clone dog going to have that illness? And that's definitely something that the client wants to think about in advance. Cancer is one of those things that sometimes there's a genetic component. Sometimes there's an environmental component and mostly it's an unknown component. Sure. And not a lot is known about the reasons that some dogs will get cancer, but that is something to be mindful of when you're, you know, thinking about what dog you're going to clone. I had a little miniature pincher that died at six years of age and she developed an autoimmune disease. I have her cells preserved because it really helped me through the grieving process of losing her, especially at such a young age. As of right now, she's not one that I would clone right now because I don't want to have to go through that again and have a dog that only lives to be six years. But I have those cells. You in still case haven't let her go. Yeah. For what she got. Yeah. Yeah. That is young too. Just a regular size schnauzer, not a giant. She was a miniature pincher. Oh, a miniature pincher. Yeah. Small. Yeah. That's really young for a yeah. small dog. I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. That's hard. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the cat behind you. <laughs> so this is Benji. Benji is a Bengal cat and he's very special because he's a clone. That's awesome. I love it. How old is, how old is Benji? He's three years old. Yeah. And this is an interesting situation because I did not own the original cat. Uh, The original cat was owned by a friend of mine. Who's a Bengal cat breeder. Mm -hmm. This is a picture. He's the original cat when he was very young. (laughs) But so my friend cloned prestige and there were two kittens in the litter. So as I mentioned, we transfer multiple embryos into the surrogate So in this case, two kittens were born. Now, most of our clients would take as many as are born, but because he was a friend of mine and he knew how much I love this cat, he gave Benji to me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's very interesting to see because they now they're they're raised in two separate households. And so it's very interesting to see how different and how similar they are. And the main difference with Benji here, I don't know if you can tell, but he's a pretty stocky guy. He's Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty big. And he was neutered when he was six months old. 
Right. The original cat was not neutered. So he's a, a breeder and he's active and chasing girl cats around all the time. So he's much thinner. Sure. That's the main difference between the two. But personality wise, they're both very laid back, very easygoing, love people, love food. <laughs> so. yeah. That's why he's a little bit stockier. So <laughs> as far as that goes, are people using cloning like for research purposes, as far as looking at diet, as far as looking at some of these indicators of spay and neutering or not as much right now? I mean, I know it's kind of cost it. prohibitive. Not that I'm aware of. So I I don't think so. Um, I think there are probably some universities that are working on things like that. But um, right now we're just doing this for commercial purposes for people that really love their pet. Yeah, I know. It's just interesting because you maybe could tweet out some parts about what you use on your lawn and what you feed as a diet and everything else with the exact same setups happening and everything else. A pet food company might be interested in that kind of thing if they... Or not, depending on the results. Right, yeah. (laughs) They might wait and see. So what's your breakdown? Are you doing mostly dogs? So I would say mostly dogs. Yes. Okay. Um, probably 75, 75% of the pets we clone are dogs and 25% are cats. Um, and then a, a big number of horses too. So we kind of count those separately, but we're cloning more and more horses every year. And I will tell you that most of our clients are just preserving DNA. Uh, the, the cost to clone a pet is quite expensive right now. It's $50,000 to clone a dog and $35,000 to clone a cat. So um, for $1,600, you can preserve the cells like I did for my dog and keep those cells stored until the future when maybe the price will go down. Maybe there will be some new technologies available. So probably 95 or 90% of our clients are just storing the cells and there's an annual storage fee that's minimal. But these cells can remain stored for decades. Uh, We just recently cloned a horse whose cells were stored 40 years ago. Wow. Dolly was even cloned. That's so amazing. With the San Diego Zoo, they preserved those cells years and years ago. It's amazing that they had the foresight to do that. And so for, we know for at least 40 years, these cells can be viable and can be used for cloning. So if you can imagine what all could change in 40 years. Yeah. Incredible. It's nice for dog, uh, animals that are on the edge of extinction, you know, like some of these pandas, some of these uh, exotic animals that they only have, you know, eight or 12 of them in the world, you know, they yes. could, they could clone for the future. Well, we're sending in Jimmy's DNA before we're sending in any exotics, okay? Now that I know it's only $1,600, it's a little drop in the oh, bucket. Oh, uh, getting back to the price. So if multiple puppies uh, are born, is it this, Is it like you get two for one or is it a different breakdown? That's right, yeah. It's just one flat fee. Right. So um, it's usually just one or two. Um, it's, it's pretty rare that we would have a large litter. Sure. But um, we have had litters of three or four and a litter of five. So it, it does happen. Crazy. Not very often, but Imagine it is just one flat fee. Be yeah. hard telling them apart. Yeah, you got to make sure you have those colored collars on to make sure you know who's who. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the process. I know you touched on that it's similar to in vitro before, but just I, we don't have to get too sciencey about it. But just so people understand, like how the heck this happens from tissue sample to five of the same things coming out ten years later. Right, right. So that first step um, of preserving the cells that involves a skin biopsy. So it's a really simple procedure. We've got a biopsy kit that we send to you. And you take this kit to your vet and the vet will take about two to four little small four millimeter punch biopsies of skin. So if you were having a mole removed, that's exactly what the dermatologist would do is do a little punch biopsy to remove that. So that's how small it is. And it's the full thickness of the skin. So the vet will do a little injection of lidocaine to numb the biopsy site. And then we'll send us a few small samples uh, the tissues have to still be alive when we get them. So they're shipped a chill in a styrofoam box with some ice packs. Um, 
an important thing to know is if your pet has passed away and you don't have a kit and you, you, you're just kind of thinking of it last minute, we can still get viable samples, but the body needs to be chilled as soon as possible to keep those cells alive. And we right. have emergency instructions on our website, biogenpets.com, that explain exactly what to do in an emergency situation like that. So the vet takes those samples. They come to our lab in Texas. So we're headquartered in Texas, and that's where the cells are cultured. And so we'll grow at least a million cells from these tissue samples. Crazy. These are somatic cells. So skin, there's cells in the body that are not sperm and not egg cells, but just body cells. And we'll grow millions of these cells and we freeze them and can keep them stored for years and years. So that's that first step at $1,600. And then when you're ready to clone, uh, the process technically is called somatic cell nuclear transfer. And it's the same technology that was used to clone Dolly the sheep 25 years ago. Um, the technology has advanced quite a bit from then, but it's the basic the process is the same. We're taking an egg from a donor animal and removing the nucleus and then replacing that nucleus with one of these millions of cells that we've grown from your pet's skin cell. Um, we fuse this egg and the cell together. And that's sort of the magic of cloning is this egg is kind of tricked into thinking it's been fertilized by sperm, but there's no sperm involved. That's fascinating. Yeah, when all you, that DNA now is your pet's DNA. When you remove so, that nucleus, that's what removes the DNA from the original egg donor. That's exactly right. Yeah. So Good job, honey. Look at him. <laughs> I'm ready to go. He's like a little scientist. <laughs> <laughs> you have essentially a hollow egg. And now your pet's DNA is the nuclear DNA of this egg now. And uh, so the, the embryo is triggered to start forming. <clears throat> and then it's transferred into a surrogate mother, dog, or cat. And it's a normal gestation length of just a couple of months. And then the puppy is born. The surrogate mother nurses the puppy and takes care of that puppy. And we keep the puppies until they're about eight weeks of age. And that puppy is a genetic twin to the original dog. So you talked about the cheek swabbing. We do that cheek swabbing on the dog, the original dog at the time of the biopsy. Your vet will do a cheek swab as well and give us a, a DNA profile. And then when a puppy's born, we do the cheek swabbing on the puppy and compare that to the original dog, and you won't be able to tell them apart. They're going to have the exact same DNA profile. Yeah. That's crazy. I had a question. I mean, it, it should be self-evident, uh, but hair patterns on one dog to the next exactly the same? So that's a good question, and the answer is no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. because some yeah. of these hair patterns are really unique in some of these dogs, you know? Yeah, exactly right. That's a really good question, and that's probably the most common difference that you'll see between uh, the original animal and the clone dog um, is the, the markings and the hair pattern. And it's hard for people to understand that because we call them an identical twin. So you would expect that they are identical, but right. they're really an identical genetic twin. Right. Yeah. So just like human identical twins, they may look very, very similar, but may have slightly different shapes. Their freckles are sort of the same as spots on a dog. Right. So human twins that have freckles, their freckles will never be in the same place. And in a clone dog, those spots will never be in the exact same place. Yeah. And obviously a lab is going to look more similar than like a cattle dog or something else, but that genotype is the exact same, but the phenotype could vary a little bit. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. I'm loving this. Let's go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about cloning. Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? 
Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. Okay, so I had a question for you. Um, 50000 sounds like a lot of money, but in this day and age, you know, a decent car is going to be fifty grand. And, uh, of course, having a dog for, you know, hopefully 10 to 15 years is a much better investment than a car, which lasts about three years, and it's a piece of crap. But do you have any financing, or do people come in and just have to write a check for the whole amount, and that's typically how you guys do it? So we don't have any in-house financing. The The cloning fee is split into two payments. So there would be half of the cloning fee would be paid up front when we start the cloning process. And then the remainder would be paid when the puppy or kitten is ready to go home. Sure. So do you do like as the puppy's growing up, are you sending like updates to the owner? Like what is the process during, okay, like the... The buns are in the oven. You know, we're seeing what's happening. The females yeah. growing this Ultrasound puppy. Ultrasound pictures are yeah, coming in. Yeah, like what is, is there any <laughs> back and forth with that? Like what is that process for people that choose to do the cloning process? So, yes. Yeah, so we'll be in touch with the client throughout the process and give them updates along the way. And then when the puppy or kitten is born, we send weekly updates and photographs. And so that's always the, the favorite day of the week is photo day. Sure. And we'll send those pictures. It's very exciting. And then also uh, for the dogs, uh, we have a little puppy playhouse that they get to go to when they get a little bit older. And we have a video camera set up there. So we'll send videos as well. So that's, that's nice. Very I, so bet the- you, I bet you take good care of those puppies before they go home. Absolutely. <laughs> so the surrogate mothers, um, are they, what is their like role in the whole thing? Obviously you guys are providing the surrogate mothers there. Yes. So the surrogates are the most important thing in this whole process, really, because their job is, is so important. And so we work with a breeder and these dogs are specifically bred to have very high maternal instincts. So they yeah. love being mothers. This is what they do. And they're great at it. Yeah. Some, uh, so, some don't, we know that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, a happy, healthy mom is going to produce a happy, healthy puppy. So we, we get asked quite frequently, you know, what is their life like? Are they taken good care of? And absolutely. So we take wonderful care of these moms. We've got a 24 hour day, seven day a week staff that takes care of them and they get lots of socialization and interaction with people. Yeah. And I assume that like, if it's a Corgi or whatever, I don't know what kind of breeds the surrogates are, then you're not going to like be able to, they're not going to necessarily be able to have Mastiff puppies. Like there's some size constrictions there. Like there's some obviously forethought. Well, I want her to answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody thinks a puppy's a puppy. It doesn't come out as a Mastiff, but people don't understand that puppies come out different sizes too. (laughs) Exactly. So the breed does not have to be the same, yeah. um, you know, but the size matters. Yes. The size matters. Yeah. So, yeah. so a small breed dog is going to go into a small breed surrogate and vice versa for a large dog because that puppy needs to be able to latch on and nurse appropriately. So size is important when choosing the surrogate. Yeah, sure. that's amazing. Is it ever the situation that the surrogate doesn't take? I mean, you do the process all over again. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, just like in IVF, um, the the embryo transfer may not take. So um, the cloning is guaranteed. So if we have a situation where the first round of embryo transfers don't produce a positive pregnancy, we'll transfer embryos again into another surrogate. That's amazing. So do people normally want to have the clone while the existing animal is still alive or they wait? Like, How does that process normally work with people's mindset? 
So we've, we've got some of both situations. Um, you know, ideally, I think it's great if you can clone the dog while the original is still alive, because then the clone puppy can meet the original and the original dog can kind of teach it. This is where we pee. This is what, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But unfortunately, uh, a lot of our clients are coming to us when their pets have already passed away. So the, the pet, the original pet is, is just gone and not there. So I would say the majority of the situations are when the original pet has passed away already. Yeah. So in those samples that they're taking, you talked about like the little biopsy and everything, especially if the pet's healthy or even later, if it's chilled, everything that's sample wise is shipping from the vet's office, right? Like you're not leaving with anything. The vet's handling all of that. Like they would send out blood work or something or do the, the owners do that themselves. So, so both, um, some okay. vets will take care of everything and they'll, they'll handle the FedEx pickup. Um, some clients want to do it themselves. And I think I'd be at that mindset too. I want to physically hand that box over to FedEx and make sure it's yeah. in their hand. So, so we have both situations. Yeah. So not just the other, not just the other dog that came in for a skin graft and they screwed up the samples. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that makes sense. So you want to make sure the whole process is working, but really a lot of people probably are storing. And like you said, you're doing the same thing and they may clone, they may not, but just at least to have the option is a huge plus. That's right. And like you said, we've been doing this, we've been doing this cell banking for pets for almost 20 years. So we have cell lines that are 20 years old. And these clients that are paying their storage fees every year, every storage fee and the preservation fee, all of those fees get added up. And so everything you've paid prior to cloning gets applied toward the cloning. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So this can add up to a few thousand dollars for some of the cell lines that have been stored a long time. Yeah, definitely. That my uh, border collie had stem cell a while ago for her ilio, and that was an option when I went to VOSM to get that procedure to like store some and keep it there, you know, a lot of sport dogs, they say like, Oh, keep it in case there's another injury. So as far as the storage thing, I mean, we're not going to send all the samples to you, but the the important dogs for 1600 bucks, I don't know why people wouldn't. (laughs) It sounds like a a win-win. I had stored uh, sperm collected from a dog for several years. I mean, had to pay those storage fees for several Mm -hmm. years on that same similar thing. Same yeah, but thing. those prices don't accrue to anything later. There's no. extra additional fees later yeah. on for that. Um, anything else that yeah. we're missing? I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah, I wanted to mention that um, I didn't realize it until I did a little bit of research um, that it's uh, controversial uh, with the animal rights people, this whole process. What isn't these so, days, though? So do you have, like, protesters out in front of the lab with signs and <laughs> going crazy? Or have you had so, any kind of heat from these people or what? So fortunately, we, we have not had any protesters. And But you're right, this this is not for everyone. And there are going to be people who are opposed to this. Um, and I, I can certainly understand why some people would, would this wouldn't be something that they would want to do. So it's not for everyone. Um, and when you think about it, I mean, even though this is a growing field and we're cloning more and more dogs every year, it's still such small numbers compared to the millions of pets that are out there in the world. Sure. So I think that the animal rights people have bigger things to worry about other right. than us. Yeah. No, well, I agree. Yeah, I do too, but they're crazy. I mean, a lot of these people don't want you to even own a dog in the first place. I, I, like I, I said, they have an issue with a lot of things yeah. these days. So if it's going to be cloning, it's going to be cloning. We're going to send you samples regardless. No, you mentioned storing the samples because of maybe the cost going down. Do you see any future in which maybe those costs would decrease? Scott also made the point that, well, the cost hasn't really gone up since it started either. So you Yeah, know. I think when I first heard about Barbara Streisand, and that seems like that was like 10 years ago, but it was quite a while ago when that I remember seeing that story come out. And 
it, they said it was 50 grand at that point for her dog, if I remember correctly. So the price hasn't gone up, but it hasn't. Am I right in that assumption? So, so before we were cloning pets and you know we were just cloning livestock, our company actually was the patent holder for the dog cloning technology. It's a patented process. Okay. So we weren't cloning dogs, but we did license our patent to a group in Korea. And so they cloned some dogs there. They were charging $100,000. Wow. Yeah. And then we started six years ago at $50,000. So right. we do expect the price to go down, um, you know, as the technology improves, we've been cloning horses for much longer than dogs. And that price has dropped from $165,000. Now it's $85,000. Wow. So almost in half. So there's definitely things um, that we're working on. We're con- constantly doing research, trying to find ways to um, decrease our costs so that we can pass that on. So we don't expect the price to go up. I sort of like to think about it like flat screen TVs and how much, how expensive sure. they were years and years ago. Yeah. And so the technology has improved and price has gone down. So that's what we expect with the dog and cat cloning. That's yeah. amazing. And then after that eight week period, the people just fly and bring home their animal like it's their own. Is that how that all ends? Right. So the, the client will have the option of coming to our area to pick up the cloned puppy or kitten, or we can deliver the the pet to them for an additional fee. So um, I'd say most of our clients do prefer to have the pet delivered to them. And so that's a lot of what I do as well. And that's, that's so exciting to be able to hand over a puppy, uh, very emotional, as you can imagine, sure. and just such a great experience. And, um, you know, you make a lifelong uh, friend with this client. I, I have clients that cloned five years ago that are sending me pictures. You know, once once every few months, I get pictures and updates, and I just love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Do- so you have a little clone family. <laughs> There, you know. <laughs> yeah. Once they have their clone, do some people pay the storage fee of the original animal? Does that make sense? Like if they want to do yeah. it again? Okay. So that's a good question. We actually provide the storage for free after you've cloned. That's okay. a bonus with the cloning. <laughs> and so we do have cells remaining. And so we've had clients that have actually come back and cloned the animal again. That's amazing. So certainly do that. Now you have like two little siblings running yeah, around. If, they, if they're coming back every other year, they're probably not good dog owners. So it's <laughs> <laughs> and they have a lot of money to spend. Well, I think the whole process is great. And I'm so glad that I mentioned your cat early on because now he went and it, it took Fun. a siesta elsewhere. Yeah, he's not in the frame. Is there anything else we're missing, Melaine, that um, our viewers and listeners may need to know about Biogen Pets or this process? I think we touched on really all the highlights. Um, I I always like to let people know, as we mentioned before, that if your pet does pass away, uh, it's not too late. Um, And get them on ice. Yeah. yeah, Refrigeration, not the freezer. And that's something that, you know, if if your pet dies at the vet clinic and is going to be cremated, it's pretty much standard procedure that the vet puts the body in the freezer. Right. And that is a no, no, that That, that kills everything, huh? Okay, so just yeah. refrigeration, chilled so, but not frozen. So kind of like Jurassic Park. Is that really still a fantasy? The Jurassic Park, where they get the DNA out of an old bone and scrape <laughs> it's it not out. My favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, as far as I know, we're not quite there yet. Right. Dinosaurs. But I thought that was the only level of science he could connect with. But then he's talking about <laughs> nucleuses and somatic stuff and everything else. Well, I think it's awesome. And then if for some reason somebody's like in a pinch here and they just heard about this episode, it's the same URL that gives those emergency instructions once the pet passes, the Viagen Pets URL that we're showing will go through those instructions, right? It's not some super secret place. 
No, it's right there on the homepage. There's a, a tab that says emergency. Okay. And that's where they want to look to find those instructions. Great. And we're also including in the description, guys, this really cool YouTube video that kind of describes things more, especially if you're more of a visual learner. And uh, it's like, yeah, Scott's raising his hand. It's more like caricatures and it goes yeah. through it in a simple process. It's like uh, when you used to watch the things as a kid about science and you kind of like, oh, okay, I see how it works. So the YouTube video is worth the watch. It helps me a lot with the whole thing. Well, thank you so yeah, much. I'm really uh, excited about it. Thanks for yeah, taking Malayne the time. Yeah, for your time. Really uh, appreciate it. We, we are very much considering sending samples, so we'll make sure to let you know that they came directly from us. And um, if you guys are interested in cloning your pets, dogs, cats, or horses, check out Viagen Pets. This is a thing. People are doing it, and it's working. And like you said, if it could be longer than 12 years, why not make it, you know? And if you've made some mistakes with your first dog, <laughs> you can fix you, them out with you the can second. Clean up all those behavioral <laughs> issues and the training issues on the second time around, and maybe even the diet. We said, yeah. All right, thanks so much, guys. Uh, thank you again, Malene, for your time. Yes, thank uh, you very we will much. see you guys next Wednesday. And in the meantime, keep it quirky. <laughs> he kept him upright. <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.